0: A lot of us do believe that it should be first-line therapy. We can do it quick with similar outcomes compared to current therapies. You're listening to For the Love of Health, a podcast about delivering care and creating health, brought to you by Christiana Care. And now, here are your hosts. Hello,
1: everyone. I'm Megan McGerman.
2: And I'm Michael Chesney. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Health, brought to you by Christiana Care.
1: Here's an incredible statistic. The average person's heart will beat more than 2.5 billion with a B times during their life. And of course, each of us would want every single beat to be regular and free of complication.
2: Unfortunately, that's not the case for everyone, especially as people age. An irregular heart rhythm is called arrhythmia, and the most common type of arrhythmia is atrial fibrillation, or AFib.
1: And here to tell us about AFib and improving treatment options is Dr. Kevin Tsai, a cardiac electrophysiologist with Christiana Care Center for Heart and Vascular Health. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me here.
1: Let's lay the groundwork for the conversation. What is AFib?
0: AFib, also known as atrial fibrillation or AF, is the most commonly treated arrhythmia. And arrhythmia is an abnormal heart rhythm that either beats too fast or too slow. The prevalence of AFib is higher in those who are older, in about 8 to 10% of the Of patients older than 65 have it compared to less than 2%, less than 65 years old. And it's estimated that about 12 million people will have atrial fibrillation by the year 2030. What kind of issues can AFib cause for patients? Well, first and the most important is that it can cause stroke. In atrial fibrillation, there is stagnant blood flow due to ineffective heart contractions. If a clot occurs, and it dislodges into your brain that can cause a stroke. People can have symptoms of shortness of breath, palpitations, fatigue, and just feeling unwell. And ultimately, some of these symptoms can lead to heart failure due to uncontrolled heart rate and eventually weakening the heart muscle called cardiomyopathy.
1: What are the most common treatments then for AFib?
0: The most common treatments are directed to the issues that arise from atrial fibrillation. We need medications blood thinners to reduce stroke risk. We can also have medications to keep you in rhythm or to control the heart rate. Atrial fibrillation has a list of risk factors that include obesity, high blood pressure, heart failure, tobacco use, sleep apnea, and we have medicines or lifestyle changes that can address some of these. And if none of these work, then we have surgical procedures called catheter-based ablations. So what is that? What is catheter-based ablation? It is a surgical procedure in where we insert thin and flexible tubes with electrodes inside uh, through your vein or arteries to get to your heart, specifically the atrium. That's where the origination of atrial fibrillation is. And we use these thin catheters to create little scars within your heart so that we can block abnormal heart signals from reaching the heart. Dive a little bit more deeply
2: into this for us. There's an electrical signal involved, and that's kind of what makes our hearts beat. Talk to us about how that works and then what catheter ablation does to that.
0: So in a normal functioning heart, each heartbeat is controlled by the propagation of electrical signal from the atrium down to the ventricle or the bottom chamber. In atrial fibrillation, there are abnormal electrical signals that can directly enter the heart, thereby overtaking the normal electrical signals of the heart. Catheter ablation sort of seeks out these abnormal electrical signals, creating scars to prevent these electrical signals from entering the heart and disrupting the heart. So it's like having a strobe light into this room. The light is working, but if you have a strobe light that's causing issues, you will only focus on the strobe light. And catheter ablation sort of seeks to eliminate the strobe light. So medication is kind of put in a veil over these strobe lights, but it's still there. Catheter ablation potentially could eliminate or create a wall.
1: So medical therapies and lifestyle changes, how much does that mask the strobe? How much of it is still there?
0: We can never get rid of atrial fibrillation. So once you have AFib, there's always a chance of having to go, come back. So... You know even in the best medications, you can get forty to sixty percent success for freedom from atrial fibrillation. Compared to catheter-based ablation that you know if you have paroxysmal atrial fibrillation or afib that intermittently comes, it can get up to seventy to ninety percent in one year. So if catheter-based ablation is so much more likely
2: to to result in success, Why hasn't it been used as much in years past? And that's kind of why we have you here today to talk about why uh, we're
0: seeing more use, why you're doing much more of this here at Care? We owe it all to the technological advancements. Uh, We're better at it these days because the technology is better. We are relying on delivering electrical current through thin tubes. So contact has been a big issue. So if we are trying to create a scar and we don't have good tissue contact with a catheter— we cannot do a lot of work in the last 10 years uh, contact force sensing catheters have been developed so we are able to have more consistent contact with our catheters of the tissue and therefore leading to durable isolation of the uh, and creation of the scar uh, there have been single shot catheters uh, using the cryoballoon where you're filling the balloon with uh, refrigerant freezing and creating scar in these areas all that is reducing the variability between operator dexterity and operator experience. And therefore, as a whole, the entire ablative technology has improved, and therefore the success has improved over the last 10 years compared to medical therapy, which hasn't really changed much.
1: If someone has AFib, how can they make that decision between just sticking with the medical therapy and doing this ablation?
0: In the last 10 years, there'll be more studies using catheter ablation against antiarrhythmic therapy. And catheter ablation has won out almost every single time. But now guidelines tend to trail clinical studies. So at this current time, the guideline is still in most patients with atrial fibrillation. The first line therapy is still medical therapy. And if they fail that medical therapy, catheter ablation can be used in certain subsets of AFib with low heart function, that people have weakened in heart muscle due to atrial fibrillation. Ablation is the first-line therapy because it's been shown to improve mortality. Kevin, tell us about how use of catheter
2: ablation has changed in recent years, maybe here at Christiana Care or
0: nationally. The more you do, the better you are at it. A lot of people are trying ablations, and they're getting good at it as they get to it more and more. So nationally, you know, I think in 2017, there was a paper that came out that said, Annual volume of AF ablation is about 75,000 per year, and that's 2017. So I can imagine it's only going higher in 2023. Back a number of years mm-hmm. prior to that 2017 number, what would the data have looked like? Probably about 10,000, 10 years ago. It came in 2018, and our volume has increased threefold since I've gone here. And it's also owing to a lot of people being more comfortable with ablations. And we hire more electrophysiologists who are who are trained with these procedures in addition, we have developed an AF clinic. When patient comes to the ER, we kind of direct them to our clinic and we educate them on all the risk factors, what to do.
1: So talk more about this clinic. What are the other offerings there?
0: They go to the ER and then if we don't think they need to be admitted, we send them on their blood thinners to prevent stroke. And if they feel good, they come to our clinic where it's manned by our nurse practitioners. And they talk to them about lifestyle changes, what medications we can give you. And ultimately, we can restore you into normal rhythm. Majority of the patient atrial fibrillation has some symptoms, but 20% of them do not have any symptoms. And in those particular population, we don't recommend catheter ablation. We we just recommend rate control and also making sure that you're uh, prevented from stroke by giving you a blood thinner. How has the view of cardiologists in general
2: changed around use of catheter ablation?
0: I think they're seeing better results. Now that our techniques are better, we have better tools that are seeing that we're controlling, uh, controlling AFib better and keeping the normal rhythm and people are happier. We can definitely see it in, in, in uh, cardiologists who are recently trained compared to the, when they're trained 30 years ago. Because back in 2000, early 2000s, they would just keep people in atrial fibrillation and that was it. But I think we're kind of changing the tie in some of the older partners as well.
1: So are there limitations to who can have a catheter ablation or what a catheter ablation can do for a patient?
0: Well, it's not a magic wand that kind of erases atrial fibrillation. We want people to have good quality of life. For people with permanent atrial fibrillation, we have no idea how to control the AFib. We don't, we don't offer them ablations. People who are asymptomatic in atrial fibrillation, but otherwise rate control, we don't offer it to them. It doesn't make their quality of life better. So those are the patients we kind of shy away from.
1: So you mentioned the patients that wouldn't be good candidates for this procedure, but what about those middle of the road patients? They don't have sev- severe AFib, but you know they may be considering this or talking to you about it. What do those conversations look like?
0: It all depends on a patient's risk profile. If there are they don't want any risk, but they're okay with taking medications and is have the same quality of life, that is a good way to go. On the other hand, if the patient cannot tolerate any medications, and their life is miserable, I think catheter ablation is definitely a good way to start. And a lot of us do believe that it should be first-line therapy. This
1: type of procedure is outpatient, inpatient? How long can someone expect to be in the
0: hospital? This is generally considered an outpatient procedure or uh, overnight 23-hour observation Um, Things sort of changed in the pandemic where we're trying to get people out without incurring uh, infection risk. So these days, we try to do same-day discharges on patients. What's the long-term here? Currently, we use two different technologies. So uh, hot, which is radiofrequency ablation, versus cold to create scar in the heart. When you heat up a tissue too quickly or you freeze a tissue too quickly, there are adjacent structures that can be damaged. Recently, the FDA has approved a new technology called F- uh, PFA or post field ablation. A strong electrical signal is delivered over microseconds. It gets absorbed by electrical cells in the surrounding area and it causes the membranes to fall apart, sort of lead to cell death and therefore scar. A lot of the worries of our other ablations on affecting esophagus or phrenic nerve is much reduced. And we're able to achieve this in seconds. We can do this in four shots in less than 10 seconds. So that's the future of AF treatment is non-thermal energy. And it's, you know, soon to be on the market.
2: Yeah, let's finish up there. The future of this treatment, it sounds like what we're heading towards is more and more exacting. Ability to really target what you're trying to get to and not hit anything
0: else. That's correct. And fast and efficacious. Current times, the, the, the disadvantage of a catheter ablation is it takes a long time. It used to be taking people three to four hours. These days, with contact force or ablation we can do it in one and a half to two hours. Now, that is still long compared to uh, PFA, which we're hoping to be within an hour. And mainly due to the fact that our healthcare system is so good that people are living longer, and this is a elderly disease, we'll have more patients have a atrial fibrillation that can benefit from these procedures in improving their quality of life and enhance the outcome.
1: Kevin, thank you so much for your time today.
0: My pleasure. It's been fun.
1: And we'll have more information on AFib, catheter ablation, and Christiana Care's Center for Heart and Vascular Health in today's show notes.
2: You can find those at christianacare.org podcast. And there you'll also find links to subscribe for The Love of Health on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm-hmm.
1: And while you're in the app, leave us a review and share the show on social media.
2: We're already looking forward to being back with you in two weeks with another fascinating conversation.
1: Until then, thanks for joining us for, for The, the love, love of Health. health.